Welcome to the Random Tea Sleepy Hollow Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Janya. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 7, The Art of War. Yay! Yay! Which uh, all they did was quote Sun Tzu a couple of times, and that was about it. Yeah, that was that was the grand uh, summation of the episode. So, yeah. That had to do with the art of war. I mean... Somehow. I guess. I don't know. I don't really know. I yeah. think they were reaching. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by um, Hanel Culpepper who is um, a woman of color, female director. Yay. So that's pretty cool. Um, lots of TV lately. Castle, Grimm, uh, Criminal Castle. Minds, American Crime. But she grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Go, girl. Yeah, so right on. Um, it was written by Joe Webb, who literally only has like two other IMDb credits. And so he's, he's, a, he's a newbie, at least as far as televised stuff that would be put on IMDb. But he is pretty prolific on the Twitters. Okay. Even with other people's shows. Okay. He's he likes the Twitter, so Okay. And I feel could, close he, to him. And we're buddies. Be, he could be like a theater director or a theater writer and stuff like that. Stuff that just wouldn't show on IMDb. Right. Or maybe he's just more of a producer. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Wow. Yeah. Who are you? I know, right? He's an alien. Yeah. He's from he's from he's from Ichabod's time. There you oh you, you called it. Yep. Because you can't it. find anything on him. Conspiracy. I know, right? <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah, okay. I thought it was okay. It was okay. It was better than some. Yes. It actually moved the plot along a little bit. I'm concerned for my Jenny. Uh, we're all concerned for your Jenny. Mm-hmm. Our Jenny. The yes. Jenny. A Jenny? The Jenny. The Jenny. Um, but we knew something like this was coming anyway, so. Yeah. Don't really know how we knew, but we did. So, yeah, it was kind of easy to see that coming. Yeah. But. They're going to have to rescue her. That's all there is to it. Yeah. There's none so. of this bullshit of, did she, is she going to die thing? Like, no. I, yeah. I will not accept any of that. They might try to get us with that and will not accept it. Um, yeah. There was some bullshit in this episode. There was some, there was some, sh- there was some bullshittery. Oh, I'm so not happy about the whole. I know. The whole Joey. Joe thing. Jo- Joey. Joey. How you doing? How you doing? So, yeah. Which we'll that get, was, we'll get yeah. to that when we get to that section. We'll get to all of that. Um. We do have some feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, some before and after. Yeah, we got a little bit of feedback before. We got some post-feedback, uh, specifically about the episode, so we'll get to yeah. that after. And we do have a casting spoiler, um, if you guys consider that a spoiler, so we'll save that for the very end. Yeah. Um, casting news, specifically, so it depends on what you consider a spoiler or what you don't. Yeah. Uh, but we'll do that at the end, so... Just in case. To preserve you if you want to be preserved. Absolutely. Um, so, we have a sponsor. We do have a sponsor. Uh, unofficial Natural Phantom Fragrances. It's getting easier to say. Yeah. It really is. The more it gets oomph. Oomph. Uh, the more it rolls off your tongue, the easier it gets. Um, they produce uh, fragrances. They're not perfumes. They are fragrances. They are essential oil-based. Yep. Uh, they're lovely, lovely things. Uh, I recently acquired a bottle of Jon Snow. It smells nice. It's very nice. Very nice. And we just spelled um, Joker the other day. Yes. Uh, we were offered some, some Joker smelly smells. Mm-hmm. And, and a custom blend. There was Yeah, they do do custom blends. You, you talked to them. It was a lavender pep, not peppermint. Lavender and... Wintergreen or something, I think. Some kind of minty mint. But it was it was really nice. Yeah. It's a good balance. Yeah. Uh, it's it's strange to sound to hear it, but it it really worked out well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's yeah. They do custom blends too. 
Um, and they will be due. They've got a bunch of sales coming up for the, they're doing Black Friday, um, Small, Small Business, Business Saturday. Saturday. Cyber Monday. Yeah, and different specials for Different each. specials for different days. They're going to do uh, uh, free shipping if you order so much at one point. I think they're doing a BOGO sale. Mm -hmm. um, Revealing yeah. a whole bunch of new stuff. Yes, they've got to have limited edition uh, scents for the holidays. Uh, they're revealing some new, uh, new lines because uh, currently they've got like Supernatural, Sherlock, Doctor Who. Uh, they've got the Harley and, and, and um, Harley Quinn and Joker. They've got Jon Snow. All kind of Hogwarts stuff. Yeah, they've got the Hogwarts houses uh, going on, and I'm probably forgetting several others. And if you, uh, guys, if you can get your hands on, I, I'm, I think they're going to do the Yule Ball, Hermione Yule Ball. They might, yeah, they might be re-releasing the limited that edition. Again, get that. Get it. It's awesome. That is what Christmas smells like. Yes, it's it's wonderful. It's not just, uh, like, in the stores you get, like, uh, a pine tree mm -hmm. or apple or cinnamon it's this layered is a and mixed. it's so great. It is so good. I don't even know how they do it. Um, but they, they do work for months getting the scents just right. Mm -hmm. The formula, again, because it's, it's essential oils and the combinations just, it's so incredible. You guys got to check them out. There is a link in our show notes. There's a link at our website um, to their Etsy store. Etsy store. Mm -hmm. These bottles start at like five bucks. And with the with the code um, Random Tea Podcast, you get 10% off of a five dollar order or more so all you have to do is order one bottle yeah and you already get your 10 percent discount right yeah. there yeah yeah yeah. they do uh they do do samples for like 70 cents yeah i think that's really cool so and they're like these tiny little bottles and they're great mm -hmm. it's not just like a a wave of paper or something that they'll yeah. just give you so uh it's, it's great i'm telling you christmas guys go check christmas them out for your nerd friends absolutely go check them out they're great um so joe so Joe. Joe has written us again. Yes. Joe's uh, awesome, by the way. He's we we love you, Joe. Uh so he's sent uh some more revelations. Yep. Revelation seventeen five. And upon Horf bleh, I just screwed up already. That was Janya. That, that was, was not me. Joe. That was so me. <laughs> and upon her forehead was a name written Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Uh, which he he says could be Pandora based on the contents of her box. Mm. Abominations on Earth, yeah, yeah, mother of harlots and abominations. Yeah, and she's been very very mothery. Yeah, she has to that box or maternal maternal mother. Uh, and yeah. then uh, seventeen eight, the beast that thou sawest was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And Joe comments, assuming Ichabod is correct, the tree is a gateway to hell. Ancient Greek art also associates her with Hermes, the messenger to Hades. Ah. Um, and as in this episode, we do see that she comes back with someone. So Yeah, she brings a friend back. She came back with a friend. But was it... Did she go to hell? Because they're crossing all kinds of mythologies. Because Pandora yeah. is specifically Greek. Yep. But we see a lot of Norse... In this particular episode, and we've seen... We've seen Egyptian, Abyssinian kind of stuff. Yes. Or Akkadian, not Abyssinian, Akkadian. And Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Or Trini. Trini, yeah. Trini. Um, so it's been a big mix. Um, so he also gives us a brief uh, Pandora's origins. Okay. Um, so I'm going to run through that real quick. Uh, Pandora was the very first woman who was formed out of clay by the gods... The titan Prometheus had originally been assigned with the task of creating man, but because he was displeased with their lot, stole fire from heaven. 
Zeus was angered and commanded Hephaestus. Hephaestus. No, it ends in TOS. Oh, I don't know. I got nothing then. I don't know. And the other gods should create a woman, Pandora, and endow her with the beauty and cunning. That's right. Cunning. Cunning. Mm-hmm. He then delivered her to Epimetheus. Okay. The foolish younger brother of Prometheus. Fuck boy. For a bride. When he had received her into his house, and this next part is in bold. Okay. Pandora opened the Pythos storage jar, which Zeus had given her as a wedding present. So it is indeed it is a, a dowry. Jar. Yeah. It's a dowry, though. Remember she mentions in that first episode. Yeah, she does. It's something more of a dowry. So there it is. Um, and released the swarm of evil spirits trapped within. They would they would ever afterwards plague mankind. Only Elpis hope remained behind. A single blessing to succor mankind in their suffering. And Joe goes on to say, this is why she called her box a dowry. By the way, I did not see her take it with her. He will spot these little details for she us didn't. that we and now we know why she didn't. But we we saw her not take it, but we never really thought about it. Yeah, and and we should have. So she just stored it in her pool. It's yeah. fine. Uh, new extrapolations. Okay. And this is from previous to this episode. Jenny did not tell anyone because she was not supposed to be there and she did not want to alarm Joe. Which we found out why she didn't tell anybody, even though she should have still, still told them, but she didn't think it absorbed into I, her. I she think, thought it disappeared. Yeah, it disintegrated. Yeah. yeah. I think she might have told Joe, but we didn't see her tell Joe. Yeah. Everybody Just should talk us. about everything. Just show us. Anyway, we know they can do the one line of dialogue and just explain these little things to us. So. Exactly. Uh, he goes on to say that Jenny didn't use gloves because she had handled it in the past, but she did not know it was no longer in its protective shell. Atticus does not put up much of a fight to protect his prize. Maybe Mr. Mills is calling the shots. Maybe the shard of Anubis is Den Jenny's destiny. But as we see in the Art of War, he goes through a lot of trouble to try and get it back. So. Yeah. Fucking Mr. Noodle. Right, and um, Anubis in the oldest of Egyptian texts, son of Ra, fits right in with Amun-Ra, who is dad, mm -hmm. and he says Jenny had as a dad. And I have a theory, uh, Egyptian theory, once we get to that okay. in the episode. All right, and uh, then Joe was not done. Okay. So he sent us a second email. Uh, that's a little bit longer. And thank you for the birthday wishes. I appreciate that. Uh, it says, I know logic is not permitted, but I thought just this once. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not us that doesn't permit the logic. It's, it's the show, it's man. It's the show. We, we have no choice. Um, so I do not think August Corbin was in on the end game here. I don't think he was either. I still worry about August Corbin. I don't want to think poorly of him at all. Me neither. It is why he did his research on the sly and kept files. He knew something was up, but no specifics. I thought that was an excellent, excellent point. Why would he keep his files on the supernatural in, a sh in the sheriff's office, mm -hmm. made recordings for Abby. In a special cabinet with locks. If it was shady and if he could have just stored it all with Nevins. Yes. And if he knew the end game, why do any investigating at all? Exactly. So uh, he left on tape that he wanted to tell Abby, but did not know how or he did or did he know who he could trust i think it's supposed to be who didn't know who he could i trust. think because i think he knew good and well about abby and jenny's role or at least yes. he, he had inklings so i think it was one of those things you know like ichabod couldn't be told until abby was around maybe abby couldn't be told until ichabod was around exactly 
They both had to yes. be. He couldn't prematurely yes. be like, hey, you're a witness. Because August Corbin was noted as being a mentor by Jefferson. Mm-hmm. They were talking about the box. Yep. Um, in the library underground. The thinnest. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this is what he did know. His part was to keep Abby safe and Jenny trained. Yep. Which is what you just said. This is why he was the first target of the horsemen to remove the witness support system. Um, Jim Oglevy mm-hmm. was not intended. Either he needed a horse or a way to bring Corbin. He was the guy that owned the barn. Okay. The whole reason they got oh, called. Oh, right, 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 He's the whole right. reason they got called out there. Yes. Uh, the horseman named his targets in Necromancer and Ogilvy was not among them. Yeah. I think Atticus had enough on him to hold sway over him, possibly from their time together in the military. War makes people do things they would never do away from its influence. That's a good point. What that influence was is not important as long as it's enough to ensure cooperation. That's true. Yeah. It could and have people just been, don't talk about that. It could have just been, let me operate and don't interfere with me. Yes. Uh, and then he says, let me see if I can do a better job of expressing my opinion about Atticus. One, told Sophie and Jenny, told Sophie that Jenny and Joe would come to him. When Sophie tells them this, we do not see who she is addressing specifically, so I chose to interpret you in the plural. Yeah. This would mean Atticus anticipated both would be there. He knew Jenny's training would not allow Joe to take the shard from her and that she would not give it to Joe for a solo mission. Absolutely. Two, open the shell encasing the shard of Anubis and remove the shard within wearing gloves, thereby indicating he knew it was Judge Crysdale, which was Michael Pemberton. Thank you for actually finding that because I could never. (laughs) It's now on IMDb. Yeah, now it is. It is now. Finally. Not to be touched by bare hands. If he intended the power for himself, he would have absorbed the shard immediately. He then places it in his pocket so Joe can observe. He is not trying to conceal its location. And my laptop decided to shut down again. I think I think that's that was an interesting observation, but then it kind of goes against what was in this episode. Yeah. So now I'm like, why did, didn't makes, he put up a fight, though? Right. It makes sense to me. What Joe's saying made sense until this episode because he really wanted it back. Yeah. Um, Three, anticipating the presence of Jenny, he casually walks out into the open where Jenny can get the drop on him, in quotes. If security of the shard was of utmost importance, he would send the highly paid security personnel, they were wearing nice suits, (laughs) and yes, they were, out to take care of her before he shows his face. Yeah, see, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's From one episode to the next, because he was like frantic in this episode to get he the was. thing back. He was. He was very desperate. Uh, maybe he was just trying to keep his cool. Maybe. Uh, four, he knew Jenny would relieve him of the shard. He made it easy because Joe knew where it was, and he surrendered it without a word of warning. If the shard was still the prize, he knew the shard would be lost to him if Jenny touched it with her bare hands. I don't know that he knew that. I don't know that he did either. Now we don't. Yeah. In the, after this episode. Um, the absorption of the shard into Jenny had to be the objective. Mm, unfortunately, that didn't pan out. But I can see where you get the idea from. Yeah. And I was kind of... Because he did. He put up, like, no resistance. Yeah. Uh, Jenny was probably supposed to open the shell herself, but when that did not occur, this elaborate transparency was divided and not by Atticus. Well, we know Atticus is not the brains. Right. Going on here. He's not um, the tippy top. No. At some point, Jenny had to think this was too easy. I can see that Atticus and his organization operate outside the lines, but like he told Joe, he is not the bad guy here. In fact, with Pandora gone to somewhere, Hades is his opinion, uh, and the horsemen in the dowry, there is no one in the current story that is anti-team witness. 
Atticus would not. Well, Pandora just came back, but I don't think Atticus is anti-team witness. He's just just mercenary. What what the hell he wants per his money. Yeah. Um, Andy said in Midnight Ride, you can't kill death, but you can trap him. So I doubt if Pandora killed the horseman. So that's right. I forgot about Andy saying that. So the horseman's not dead. Yeah. And that's that's my theory purely from a from a show standpoint of uh, we can we reserve the right to bring him back if we need him. (laughs) (laughs) from a writer's standpoint um and he asks do girls still fall for baby you're still the only one i love or similar some of them do some do unfortunately Uh, would not be us no um we're jaded so uh, i've developed pretty good fuckboy radar over the years (laughs) yes you have (laughs) uh so thank you joe for writing in again yes we love hearing from you um so let's see we have a email from is it Kieran? K-E-R-O-N? Kieran? 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 Yeah. Kieran? Kieran. Uh, hopefully we got I'm it at so some point sorry. around I'm so here. I'm so bad at, at pronouncing words in yeah. general, so yeah. I apologize. Um, but I was so jazzed to get your email. That was yes, awesome. we love hearing from all of you. And this well, this was really good. I, I was glad to hear about this. Um, she says, uh, or they say, I'm a fan of your podcast. Thank you. Uh, I must say I listen to a lot of other podcasts, but you guys nail it 100%. Oh, you're so nice. Uh, nice I'm also people being nice. I know. I'm also writing to say that I am a Trinidadian born and raised in Trinidad that migrated to the USA. Cool. So, the writer in Sleepy Hollow actually nailed most of the lore and her speech pattern for a wavy sing-song manner. That is awesome. That's good to hear. I'm, I like it when they get things right. Uh, the succulent is another matter. Like you guys said, it's more vampire lore, but they borrowed from other creatures from our folklore. Okay. My only gripe is the shopkeep did his best to sound like a trini, but failed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Love the show. Keep up the good work, and you guys are the best. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, so that's all of our pre uh no we had the tumblr message okay yes uh from joy joy uh nani joy yeah sent it anonymously which is fine that's fine got no problem with that um happy birthday janya thank you no it's not my legal name it's it's my it's her online handle it's my show it's been my online handle for 20 something years so it might as well be though because that's pretty much all i call you i actually consider change legally changing my name to it yeah for like a hot minute. And then you were like, no. And I have changed my name enough times that I will never do it again. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then I woke up. So, um, <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Uh, this, 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 I love this. This, this is, idea. This is the best. They really, they should listen to this because I know the Sleepy Hollow writers are listening right now. Of course, all of them. Yes. The Sleepy Hollow writers need to give us a storyline where Abby and Crane are possessed by the spirits of dead lovers. Right on, right on. That way we can get smooches and romance without them having to commit to Ika Abby just yet. Once they are normal again, my babies can obsess privately about each other for, oh, angst, pining. I need pining, some pining. Mutual pining, man. Um, sorry. Uh, privately about each other while settling for pointless romances with other people. We'll miss you chicks this weekend. Enjoy your trip. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. I love this because, first of all, um, people would gif the crap out of it so I could just watch it. on an I know. Loop. And also, because we, we talked about this last night, um, that this would be a great way to test it with the audience to see how... Because I have to... I know there are people out there that don't necessarily ship it or don't necessarily want Sleepy Hollow to be any 
any kind of romance, be it any of our leads. And so that would be a good way to kind of test the waters to see how receptive people are. I think they will find that the majority of the people will be very receptive. But yet I can also see um, the teaser for that episode. Yes. And we see them kiss. And then a bunch of people getting mad at like, I didn't fucking realize it wasn't going to be real. Yeah. The so, tease. But I would love it though because. Yeah, they'd have to be real careful about advertising that. Um, and it would force them to look at things differently. I think um, Abby needs to be pointed in that direction because I think Ichabod's already going that way. Oh, yeah. I think. But Abby keeps everybody at arm's length. Yes, not just Ichabod. So. Yeah. Anyway, so that's um that's our pre feedback. Yes. We've got a a post feedback mm-hmm. actually concerning this particular episode, which we'll get to after the recap. Yes. So you ready? I am. Let's recap it. So we start out, and um, Ichabod and Abby are playing chess, which and it's beautiful. I it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. They're having their own little date. I'm just saying. I know, right? And um, Ichabod's quoting from the Art of War, and it's like ah ah ah. And um, so he he's he's like, which okay. If you've not read the Art of War, yeah, read the Art of War. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tough read. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually listened to the audio book of it. Okay, and it's actually fairly interesting. Okay, just it really has nothing to do with the episode. But good to but it's it's definitely it's it's worth a read. Okay, it's kind of weird. It's a little philosophical. Well, there you go. Um, and in reference to war. But it's it's really good. Um, so Ichabod starts to kind of like, it, this was great because this is so a trope, like a guy trying to school a woman on something. And Abby's like, anyway, so this is checkmate. And he's like. She's so casual about it. He's like, what just happened? You didn't use like any defined attack. And she's like, yeah, no, Corbin taught me and he told me to just trust my gut. And so I did. And she's, like, off looking at something on TV, and he's just sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. I thought this was great. And um, Abby's like, well, not just in chess, but you kind of seem off your game lately. And Ichabod's like, yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't been able to figure out what the hell Pandora is doing or where she went to. Because I, I, I just assume that he hasn't read the Narnia books yet. I suppose so. Otherwise, he would know. I know. And um, so this is when Reynolds comes in. He, uh, he knocks, and I'm like, don't go to Abby's house. And this was the great, I think this is my favorite part of the episode. I think so. Where Ichabod's like, oh, look, I happen to hear my kettle boiling. And he's like, tea? No, no tea, tea, no, no tea. <laughs> he's so ca- so casual. And he's like, anyways, I'm going to get the hell out of the room. And um, Reynolds tells Abby that he's like, so I have to go to D.C. for a couple of days um, about the Nevins case because he has to get an extension. Well, that's something you would do in person. It's supposed to be a big deal. But, like, cases don't have a defined... Sometimes they do. Uh, if you if you don't have the evidence you need... By a certain date? Within a, a certain time frame, they will shut you down so you can investigate other things that they feel is more important. Uh, it's still bureaucracy. Oh, uh, that's true. It's the Federal Bureau of Investigation. That's there's bureaucracy. There's the federal red police. Yes. And so um, he's like, so. It's, I, it's all politics. Yeah. He's like, so uh, I'm going to go over here and ask for this extension. And I want you to take uh, take um, the phone and be the be the in charge it's officer a, for the. Um, the duty phone. Yeah. The duty it's, phone. It's a magical phone. It's a magical phone. It makes you in charge. And and I'm, I'm just like. And I texted, I'm not okay. I texted you and I said. 
all the senior agents at that office must hate the two of them. She's a freaking noob in and the grand will, scheme of the world. And he is too? Yeah. They've been out of the academy yeah. like five months. And they know that they went to the, still the whole they were in the academy together and he outranks her still bugs the crap out of me because that makes no sense. Yeah. And they've never explained it. Yeah. But yeah, she's a noob. And she's now in charge after he's been in charge. And of so an entire branch. Just, I can see these these senior people and whether they deserve it or not, you know, because I know there's a whole thing with merit-based and yada, da da da. You shouldn't always go off seniority, but still you got, you've got a guy that's got... 10 years in a woman that's got 15 years in and they're sitting here going the fuck yeah so yeah i was like they must be hated <laughs> so much but story yeah so we go to uh sophie and nevins and nevins is going butt crazy he's rifling through all his crap yeah this kind of blows the whole dead it on purpose theory yeah and sophie's like um i went through a lot of trouble to get this thing that you just flew that you just threw on the ground and um, she's like, let me go get this thing for you. Like, like, let me go get this shard or whatever. She is asking a lot of questions, though. Yeah. And in hindsight, makes sense. And she's like, uh, she tells him that she'll play rough. And he's like, no. And this is when he first starts talking about the um, the actual person that... that um, the people who hired them. The people that hired Excuse him me. to get the shard. And um, he's like, they want it in the next 12 hours. And this is when he starts scribbling down um, poetry. Uh, well, you know, book. sure. That's what you do. And he's like, um, he's like, anyway, desperate times. And he grabs the paper and he leaves. And Sophie's like, the fuck just happened? Yeah. Um, I'm like, and then he just, he disappears off to Pandora's cave. Like straight away. Yeah. That's like straight where he goes. And I'm like, how does he even know about any of this? They've yeah. got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. And we all thought. We all, I say all, me, you, and Joe, yeah. all of us thought that uh, he knew the shard would infect Jenny. Yeah. So this is, just seems weird. Yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense. Because he put up so little fight last time. He did. So he goes to Pandora's cave and yeah. he recites some lines of poetry. That he that he wrote down. Um, which I tried to dig into and I couldn't find it anywhere. So yeah. it's made up. And he... Uh, the Pandora's box mm -hmm. shows up, and he seems that puddle to be, man. That is that's that's like, that's a serious puddle. Yeah, you can it watch the TV puddle of all puddles. It, you can store things in it. We need one of those. I know, like five. Yeah. Um, how did he know the box was there? Don't know. That's where to go. So I mean, he knows. How more. did he know this was okay? Well, and he seemed a little shocked to for it to have worked. I don't know why he thought that was, like, it was okay for him to just roll up into her cave and just summon shit. Well, he may not know enough. Well, he seemed to me like he didn't really understand that the supernatural existed. Because he seemed a little surprised that the box appeared, yeah. that the spell worked. Like, this really was a last-ditch kind right. of thing for yes, him. Yes, he was desperate. Yeah. So that was what I was getting, is that he, like Corbin knew was on the the peripheral of it all and then he really got this is the first time he's actually where he's like oh shit this stuff's real witnessed it yeah he witnessed it yeah i had to <laughs> um so he apparently he does a spell with pandora's box which yep. is bad don't kids don't, don't, don't try don't this do, at home don't do it um and these three oh my god they were so terrible <laughs> <sighs> demons i don't know what they were were they demons Something I called him the Hounds of the Baskerville. So yeah, you did because he gave he let them sniff the yeah. the shard case, and they went go fetch 
he fetch. literally yeah. said, go fetch. Yeah. And I'm, Hounds of the Baskerville. Yeah. Bloodhound. I don't know what the hell they were. They're berserkers is what they are. Yeah. But I don't know what exactly they are. Um, and so he, uh, that, you know, they're, he orders them to obey him. And um, we get this creepy mist. And, um, you know, he tells them to fetch the shard. Like you said, he has them sniff it. Like, you know, that's not weird at all. Mm-mm. And um, so they ru- they run off into the darkness. And it's like, well, this isn't good. Not to be confused with the darkness. The darkness. That's, that's another show. show. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, so we go to the gym and Jenny and Joe are uh, in the ring together. And um, they're, you know, sparring. And this is great. Um and Jenny's talking to Joe about the uh, the money, the accounts that Nevins gave yeah. Joe. And Joe wants no part of them. He's like, it's blood money. Well, she's trying to encourage him. There might be more, might be more than money. Yeah, there Jenny could be knows information there. There might be a message. Um, Jenny knows a bit. And it's showing you Jenny knows more about the world. Yes. And there Joe's could, like in this little... There could be an artifact there that could help them. Yes. I mean, it could be any number of things. But my question is, when does Joe work? Don't know. Okay. Don't know. Um, and so, uh, he says something about, like, he feels, he feels closer to her now that they're working together. Uh, and I just, just cringed. And, um, so Jenny mentions this, uh, these nightmares that she had that we saw her have at the end of the last episode. So she's talking to somebody. And this is when she kind of goes a little nuts and she's able to, she punches Joe and she knocks him down and we get the glowing skin. And she kind of zones out, and we see her have a vision. She sees runes. She sees this hooded guy. When it looks like the uh, the Sumerian ta- the text on the Sumerian mm-hmm. tablet, we get flashes a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, and then she kind of comes back to herself. So not good. Um, and so which this this part was great because as soon as they're like, uh oh, shit got weird, we call a meeting, and um, by Jenny's uh, camper. Jenny and Joe meet Abby and Ichabod. Thank you for actually talking. Thank you. I, although you should have mentioned the whole shard business earlier, and this is, Abby's not happy. Um, and so Jenny's like, um, something, something, something about the shard, and Nevins, and Abby's like, wait a minute. Whoa, hold up. What did I say? I told you not to go near this because this is an investigation. And Je- and Joe was like, Joe jumps right in, and he was like, it was my, it was my idea. And Jenny's like, and I backed your play. And um, Abby's like reiterates again that this is an ongoing uh, FBI investigation. Stop interfering. And um, all Ichabod cares about is this description of the shard. And um, this is where we find out that Jenny thinks that it disintegrated. Right. And apparently Joe knew about it. Yes. And um, Ichabod, because of of course he recognizes the description as a binding stone okay so i looked i tried to search for any kind of um mythology on binding stones which i really had a hard time getting outside of world of warcraft yet again (laughs) it was it was hard because it was just world of warcraft oh come on people please so uh i was finally able to get around that and I couldn't find anything specifically on binding stones, mm-hmm. but I did find something really, really interesting that has nothing to do with the show, but it was way cool. So, uh, it's, they're called bind runes mm-hmm. and it's uh, a Viking, uh, deal, Viking thing. 
uh, where they would take uh, two or more Viking runes and make it into a single symbol, and they would put it on uh, jewelry or and they would overlay them on top of each other, right? On top of each other, and it's you see that commonly throughout history where they've done that, but uh, which was really interesting. So I've got a a link to a website that I'm gonna put in the show notes and like you would put them together for increasing strength or endurance or improving your health love because everybody needs a good love potion right right um but also uh, some people would put their initials together to enhance their personality which bothers me because what if you're a jerk (laughs) you become a super jerk super super jerk but in my research of reading this article i have i found that (laughs) this is so cool the Bluetooth symbol is one of these. Is a bind rune. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to read straight from the article. It says this type of bind rune combines the runes that make up a person's initials. Some people create these symbols believing it will reinforce their personality. A great example of this is the Bluetooth company symbol, which uses the Haggal and Bajarkin runes of the younger Futhark to form the English initials HG. These are the initials of King Harold I of Denmark, who died in eight, oh, sorry, 987 AD. He was credited with unifying the tribes of Denmark into a single kingdom. The company relates to him believing they have unified communication protocols into one standard. And then there's a picture of the two runes next to the Bluetooth rune, yep. which is what it is. Yep. And it's just like, oh, wow. That's really cool. Modern technology using this ancient history... That's really stuff. cool. I was like, that is so cool. So, like I said, it has nothing to do with the show, but it was really cool. <laughs> so, because I didn't know about that. Yeah. So, I have a link to that. But, yeah, I really couldn't find anything on binding stones in and of themselves. So, this is kind of a show creation. Yeah. Because he says that, um, Ichabod says that the binding stones transfer magical energy um, into those who touch them. So, that's why. Stop touching things. Yeah, stop touching things. Gloves, people, gloves. And so, he warns that, um, you know, us us normal human beings are not meant to be the vessel for, for that kind of energy. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is true. We're not. Yeah. Apparently. And so, Jenny's like, oh, shit. The shard's gonna kill me. Yep. Da, da, da. <laughs> and so, this is when we see, we get a flash of the uh, berserkers running through the forest. Well, and she can hear them. Yes. So, she has some kind of heightened hearing. Yeah. With the shard. Well, she, and she says, like, I feel awesome. I feel great. Yeah, she's like, this. I feel better than I've ever felt. And um, Joe's like, we need to go talk to Nevins. And um, Abby's like, that's a shitty idea. And um, this is when Jenny starts to, like, she's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. And um, they, uh, the berserkers show up, and they open fire on them, and it does nothing. Okay, okay can I just say that they were really well armed for a talk in the woods? Because Abby pulls up this, like, this massive, giant gun. futuristic-looking, I'm sure somebody out there could name what gun it was specifically, but I was like, why in the hell is she walking around with that monster? Yeah, and she just pulls it out of nowhere. For the monster? Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. And um, Jenny does some cool, like, god ninja stuff. She goes all Matrixy. And, um... But it's, uh, she cuts one, she cuts one up really, really good, but, um, she starts glowing, which is not a good sign. No. And so, um, Jenny kind of like freaks out a little bit. She's, she's kind of in shock. And, um, Joe's like, we have to go. We go now. Even after she cuts this thing, it starts healing. And so, of course, this is where there's a convenient tunnel hatch. I about had a fit. 
And um, so, of course, they run into the tunnels and they close the hatch. And um, this is where Abby makes the logic leap. And she's like, the creatures are feeding on the energy of our attacks. Making them stronger than so they the were. So the more we attack them, the stronger they get. Yeah, it sounds like they were trying to hurry the story along yeah by explaining it but it was a little too too much because i get i get the whole they were drawn to jenny's energy thing because that was the only one they went after was jenny yeah because i'm fine like i get that but the whole they're feeding off the energy of our attacks just i was like i don't know how you which you know is a berserker aspect okay to go berserk yeah you know, if you think about the, the historic, I say historical, the berserkers. Yeah. Uh, they, the frenzy that berserkers go into. It makes sense. Yeah. This battle frenzy. Right. And um, so, of course, then they, then they obviously assume Nevins is controlling the creatures to get the shard back. And somehow they made a logic leap to Pandora. I still don't understand it. And mm-hmm. I watched it twice. Yeah. I don't, still don't get that. Everything is always, oh, it's Pandora. It's, but see, that logic leap should have come later in the show. Yeah, because we found a perfect spot for it to go for them and go, they're working It would together. have been a much more organic place, to, but to have it right here up front. Yeah. Yeah. So they run through the tunnels and... Um, we and end, we're running. We end up at the archives. Because uh, the the whole hatch being right there, tunnel thing, I yeah. just... You were just like, I'm fucking done. And so Jenny's like, really guys, I'm fine. And Abby's like, no, this sucks. And um, this <laughs> is it does. When, this is when Abby makes a makes a point of saying, like, I've tried really hard to separate um, my witness duties with my uh, professional duties. And um, Jenny's like, yeah, you're not going to be always be able to do that, and things are going to get kind of messy. Well, it's another hint that she's going to be torn between the two. Yep. They're foreshadowing it in our face like so crazy. hard. And so. Uh, Joe and Ichabod are like across the room talking separately and Joe's like wow that these two man they're focusing and this is they're just getting shit done and Ichabod's like um well we have to do what we can while we can well they and they've done this for years yeah exactly. I say years but that's because yeah. it's season three but they've been doing this for a long time yeah and so um and Joe's the newbie yeah, and Joe's giving Jenny these moony-eyed looks, and um, Ichabod tells Joe to talk to her, and um, <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, I'm I'm losing on many fronts, da 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 da, and so Ichabod's like a crisis of Ichabodness, and um, Joe's like, how about you talk to your own, ad- you take your own advice, poignant look at Abby, yep, and um, and absolutely no mention of Zoe here, no none. And this is where they're both, like, Joe's like, you know what? I miss being in the core. It was easy. <laughs> All I had to do was take orders and show up. Mm-hmm. And, and Ichabod's like, yeah, it was it was a lot a lot simpler. <laughs> and, um, but this is, they, they mention, like, the, um, the focus. And Ichabod, of course, gets a light bulb. Yeah. And he, uh, he finds, uh, he runs to a book and he figures out that these are berserkers that are after them. Right. So, we all know berserkers are a thing. They're a thing in RPGs, too. They're definitely a thing in RPGs, but in actual history. Yes. Um, berserkers were were things. Um, in medieval, and I have a link to a website, of course, because that's what I do. Right, right. Uh, which I'll post. This in medi- was just like research heaven for you. It was. Uh, oh, pop-ups. Um, Norse and Germanic history and folklore, the berserkers were described as members of an unruly warrior gang that worshipped Odin the supreme Norse deity, and were commissioned to royal and noble courts as bodyguards and shock troops who would strike fear into all who encountered them. 
Adding to the ferocity, and in order to intimidate the enemy, they would wear bear and wolf pelts when they fought, giving them the name Berserker, meaning bear coat in Old Norse. Okay. So, they were things. They were actual people. They, um, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. We could talk about that for hours. But, yeah, it was, they worshipped Odin. They were, and in some places I read they were almost uh, shamanistic, shamanistic. Shamanistic, yeah. uh, In a sense, but, um, and this goes on, and there's now the, um, uh, and and you see them in RPGs all the time, the berserker. Yeah. Um, They go nuts in the frenzy of the battle, so. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, they are, they do date back to the Nordic history, so. And uh, Ichabod says that according to the lore he's looking at, they feed off of the energy of battle and they're vulnerable to mistletoe. And at this point, like we've had a couple minutes since Abby made this grand assertion that that they're 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 feeding off the energy. So I don't see why she had to make that really crazy logic leap or they could have just waited for Ichabod to say, hey, this book says. Yeah. And so the book says that they're vulnerable to mistletoe as well. Okay, so this is where I did some sleuthing. You were so proud. I was I was so excited about this. I was I wanted just couldn't wait to tell you about it, because to me it looks like the writer of this episode um, started with the mistletoe story and kind of and worked their way back. Created this entire episode around uh, mistletoe because uh, uh, Ichabod mentions the druidic mm-hmm. origins uh, with mistletoe. So I went looking up mistletoe. Uh, in, in mythology and whatnot, and so I found this page. It's uh, it's a Celtic site, mm-hmm. um, or it says Celtic mistletoe origins. But then I was I was reading through it and scroll down. I found lo and behold a heading called Viking myth. Ah, uh? and you're like I'm gonna go there. So I have to tell you guys the story of the mistletoe in uh, Viking mythology because this right here is this episode. Yeah, in a nutshell. So this is gonna take a hot minute. Uh, Vikings' beliefs of mistletoe's powers were rooted in the myth of the resurrection of Baldur, the god of the summer sun. As the story goes, Baldur had a dream in which he dies. The dream alarmed his mother, Frigga, the goddess of love and beauty. Yeah. So if Baldur died, so too would all life on earth. Frigga went to all the elements, air, fire, water, and earth, as well as all the animals and plants on earth. Would that not be the elements of Earth? Whatever. And asked them to spare her son. Satisfied she had secured the cooperation of all, Frigga assured Balder that he would live forever. But Balder had one enemy. Loki. (gasps) God of evil. Which is God of mischief, not evil, but whatever. And Loki found one plant Frigga had overlooked. Mistletoe. Mistletoe grows neither on the ground or under the ground. Rather, is an aerial parasite that has no roots of its own and attaches itself to the tree it grows on. So, as the story goes, Loki made a poisoned arrow tip with the mistletoe and tricked Baldur's blind brother Hodor mm-hmm. into shooting the arrow. Hodor. Hodor. Shooting the arrow and killing Baldur. For three days, the earth grew dark and the skies poured rain. Each of the elements in turn tried to bring Baldur back to life, but none were satisfied. None were successful, save for Frigga, his loving mother. Legend says that the tears she shed during those terrible three days turned into the white berries on the mistletoe plant. In her joy at Baldur's resurrection, she reversed mistletoe's poisonous reputation, kissed everyone who passed beneath the tree on which it grew, and issued a decree that should one ever pass beneath the mistletoe, they should have a token kiss and no harm would befall them. But the fact that the poison arrow mm-hmm. and this whole story, it's just this is where the rest of the show came from. Yeah. 
They took this and just worked backwards. And I would also like everybody to keep in mind the resurrected God angle. Because yeah. I have a theory later. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. But I just was like, oh, that's so cool. It is. That's really cool. Figured you out, dude. And so, um, they're really, like, Ichabod, of course, is, is excited because he did research. And then they look over and Jenny's already glowing again, which is probably bad. And um, she does the weird voiceover thing and she's like, he is coming. He's here. Oh, yeah. wait, what? That's a that's a whole different Sorry. thing. But yeah. So we go to Reynolds in um, Washington and... Um, we assume it's Washington. Yeah. Which it could... Yeah, because God knows what he told Abby is, is the real truth. And so um, Reynolds meets with this guy at his house, and we can tell that he's higher up than him, but we don't exactly know who he is. And um, he wants to know why the Nevins case isn't finished yet. And Reynolds is like, well, we still need some additional evidence. And this is where my, like, shady alarms went off. The guy is like, okay, I can't divert, divert, divert if I can talk, divert any more resources without attracting undue attention. And he's like, you have two weeks. And he asks about who we thought was Abby, but now we're questioning. He asks about our diamond in the rough. Yes. And Reynolds says that she's, she's doing just fine. And um, the guy warns Reynolds that there are eyes on her. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves to go back to this birthday party. Yeah. Okay. Why is he bug? Who is this guy, and why is he bugging him at home? This is not official channels. Yep. I, He's talking about not being able to give funding without um, attracting attention. So this does not feel. It feels super out- official. Yeah, it feels really outside. And of course, the first time we saw this diamond in the rough, we immediately assumed it was Abby. But when during my rewatch, I specifically listened to say if they. They did not to mention see if her they name. said her or anybody else, and they did not. They all we know is that it's a she, so it could be Sophie. Could very well be Sophie. So who knows? Yeah. So um, so we go back to the archive, and Jenny wakes up, and Abby's like, "Hey, sleepyhead," <laughs> and um, she and Jenny's Jenny doesn't remember anything, and she had, but she had this feeling that she was very powerful, and um. This is when Jenny's like, am I in the Masonic cell? And Abby's like, yeah, so, um, no, but we, here's, we figure that the berserkers can't get a fix on you here because you're protected. Mm-hmm, that's why you're here. How? How? And I, I wanted to be like, Jenny knows better. Um, and so Jenny's like, um, or Abby tells Jenny that uh, Ichabod and Joe are going to check on um, some way that Ichabod thinks he can track the berserkers. Yeah, it wasn't real clear. Yeah. And um, so Jenny kind of lays back, and, and Abby's going to stand watch over her, which Aww. I thought was nice. Well, she's, she's really weak. Man. Big sis man. Yeah, because she tries to, but she she falls back down. Yeah, she's not one to just sit back. Yeah. So uh, this is where we get Joe and Ichabod teaming up, which is kind of nice. It's kind of cool to see them together. And um, I like the Joe and Ichabod roadshow. Yes. And, okay, so this is where they're looking for something akin to the dark metal cave that berserkers frequent yes and Ichabod says um he says metal caves like nid n-i-d-a-v-e-l-l-i-r nid avillier uh-huh something like that i had to read the closed captioning like five times 
It is in of the nine realms in North, Norse mythology. You know, there's there's Midgard, there's Asgard. This is one of the nine realms. I know that from Thor. Yes, it is the home of the dwarves. They live under the rocks, in caves, and underground. Okay. Um, and as we all know, the dwarves are the forgers. Yes. And these are the people who made Thor's hammer. Mjolnir. Or Mew Mew. Mew Mew. Mew, Mew. Um, and also several other things. Uh, Odin's spear. This was just Marvel-tastic to me, this episode. <laughs> it really was. I was just really, especially when you started talking to me about Loki, I was like, I am there. That's why I couldn't wait to tell you. Yeah. It was great. Because I'm a little uh, So it's it's east of Midgard, for the okay. record. It is east of us. So because okay, we're Midgard. You're Midgard. So okay. I was just the just the the Nordic. Yeah. Uh, things just kept coming. That's so awesome. it was pretty cool. And so uh, they where they're at is a junkyard, and so they go in this building, and um, they both have crossbows with these mistletoe mistletoe Missile- bolts. Mm-hmm. I can say that sure um and at first they creep around and they don't see anything but then they find a dead guy and the berserkers are hiding and um eventually they charge him okay no way there's a compressor that cycles on and off that does not that does not happen no yeah and so um joe joe hits one but it doesn't really do much and um it it just kind of it's like okay i got hit with something whatever move on and um it throws a giant a piece of machinery at them and um so joe and ichabod run it looked like uh like an engine block yeah yeah them things are heavy and um so they they oh but when he says run it's so dramatic run and so they they pull down this this metal door and the berserkers are starting to break through it and they're like like immediately we, we gotta like get and so they they hop in the truck and drive away so yeah um, so we go back to the archive, and so Ichabod's like, yeah, I need to go look through Nevins' stuff, because I need to figure out what the fuck spell he used, because of course we've decided that he's involved in this. It couldn't just be Pandora by herself. No, no. Well, it, it has to do with the shards, so. Yeah. And Abby's like, hold up. Yeah, she's like, um, need I remind all you idiots for the 400th time the FBI is watching him 24-7. Okay, wait, 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 wait. We need to back up just a second. When they drive away from the junkyard, yeah, like literally they're in the truck and they're driving off, the windshield wipers cut off. Are you serious? Yes. I didn't notice that. Oh, my I saw God. Because I was watching them and they, they throw the crossbows in the back of the truck and I was like, okay, that's smart. And they jump into the truck and they start to drive up and I was like, rrr, rrr, rrr. I was like, oh, my God. Ichabod panic. They could have reshot that. But no, they chose That's to leave funny. the windshield like, wipers whatever, in. I don't care. Okay, sorry, I had to. That was important <laughs> for me to bring up. Um, and so this is again Abby, Abby's professional life versus her witness life. And um, Ichabod's like, yeah, we're gonna have to do this because I can't. We can't. Basically, we can't just tell the berserkers that it's an FBI case and back the fuck off. And so um, Abby's like, okay, well here, and she gives him her lock picking tools, and she's like, get in, get out as fast as you can. And so um, we see Ichabod go to Nevins' office, and it's that bait bait shop that um, Joe took uh, Jenny to. And um, he gets a call from Abby, and she's like, "He's like, okay, I don't see him here." And Abby's like, "Okay, well, hold on." And so she calls the agent in the nondescript—I think it actually was a florist um, van—that's surveilling uh, Nevins' place. And she's like, um, you need to check this thing out. 
over here and you're the closest and they think it's suspected terrorism or whatever and so they're like he's like um are you in charge basically and she's like yeah, yeah we're I not am. supposed to leave our post and, yeah she's okay. like yeah i got the phone this magic phone yeah the nondescript fbi van just yeah. was too much and so the van pulls away and ichabod sees it pulls away but yet the van does not see ichabod crane pull up Okay, here's my theory. Here's my theory. Okay. Okay, there were no windows in the back part of that van. Okay. They look like they were sitting at the surveillance equipment, not necessarily... solely at Nevin's Right, that they were not actually looking at their surroundings. Okay. I guess. Whatever. It was bad. That's not how you survey. Yeah. So, anyway. So, the van drives away, and Ichabod is able to break in, and he's looking all through this office, and... um. This is when he notices that Nevins writes really hard um, because he sees where um, he scribbled on the paper uh, to write the poem. And so he's able to do a um, a rubbing to get the, yeah. the, you know, that classic trick. Don't don't write your notes so hard, people. Yeah. And so he um, he takes the paper with him and he gets the hell out of Dodge, except for before he can get completely away. Sophie sees him. And um, she throws him against the wall and searches him. And Ichabod's like, um, I'm just here to buy bait because this is a bait shop. And she's like, um, it's in this building. And she's like, what do you know about bait anyway? And um, he, she's like, she questions him. It's kind of like, you know, those gatekeeper geek boys mm-hmm. who are like, name all your favorite video games and don't mention this, this and this. And um, so she kind of tries to, like, catch him in his knowledge. And he rattles off, like, fishing arcana. And I'm just like, Jesus. Oh, sure. Of course he knows this. And um, so uh, she basically, they kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ichabod goes away. Yep. It was a pissing. pissing it really was. And so we go back to the archives again. And um, Ichabod tells Abby that he's like, yeah, I ran into somebody. But yeah, I totally handled it. She was pugnacious. She was pugnacious. And um, so he shows her the paper. Yes, don't write write down your deep, dark secrets with such force. Yes. And um, he says the only thing that he changed was that he used Pandora instead of Odin. This is where they could have made the logic leap to Pandora being connected. Yes. Right here. It was they clear and just, simple. They could have just thought it was Nevins involved until they're like, ha ha, We could have had an aha moment. And that would have been great and dramatic. Yep. But no. And I, this is where I was like, you can just replace deities from other... And she's not even a deity. You can replace things from other pantheons. Like, can I just put Zeus in there instead of Odin? Can I just put another, another like, Amun-Ra? Can I just... Ares, Loki. Yeah. Ooh. That's where you're going, I know. Yeah. Um, But he mentions that the spell that he put together was from the Yingla? Yilinga? Yeah. I'm just going to call it the Lingling um, mm-hmm. saga. Uh, so I went and pulled up, I went to go look for it and see if I could find anything. And I found a PDF of the entire saga. It is out there to be read. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of interesting. So I've got a link to it for anybody who wants to go and read it. It's kind of a long read, but it's still, it's in, it's Norse stories. It's basically, if you think about the Odyssey, but Norse. Cool. Um, not near as long though. At all. Not quite that long. So I skimmed through to see if I could find something like this yeah and i couldn't but there are stanza i mean there's sections of poetry within it yeah there are blocks of paragraphs talking about a story and then there's uh like a stanza of poetry yeah and i couldn't find the specific one but there it's it's related yeah it works so this is a show creation but it's 
in the style of the actual text. It's got basis in history. So this is when Ichabod's like, hey, um, I remember, uh, was it Daniel Boone or Daniel Boone's brother? Daniel Boone. Because okay. he actually is wearing the hat oh, yeah, in the yeah, flashback. Yeah. yeah. You know who it's not? Who is it not? Betsy Ross. It's not fucking Betsy Ross. Because you were, you were just like, Betsy, no. No Betsy. Mm -hmm. I was waiting for Betsy Ross to show up and tell Daniel Boone how to fix it. Yeah. I I was. Yeah. I was totally, and it didn't happen. I was like, yes. Oh, this wouldn't have been his brother because his brother was a. um, Wendigo. Wendigo, yeah. That was Squire. And that's why, but that's why Boone wears the hat. There you go. Because his head's messed up. Um, And so Daniel Boone had this, um, this ploy to make these, uh, make your enemy beat themselves Mm -hmm. and he set the um he set the hessians against the british and he made them fight themselves and um the the patriots just kind of hung back and were like all right we'll just mop up the (laughs) leavings and it worked and so um abby's like okay let's let's try it uh history wise Mm -hmm. uh the siege of boonesboro was in september of 1778 Mm -hmm. and it was between the shawnee and the british okay okay so, sort of, right? Sort of, kind of, a little bit. I don't think September is considered summer. Yeah. Um, and it was in 1778, I think. Uh, Ichabod said 1779. Oh, okay. But it was in 1778 between the Shawnee and the British. Uh, Daniel Boone did return to the area um, in 1779, but that was to migrate and settle the area. Oh, okay. With some people. Um, but the battle was in 1778. Okay. Wrong people. It's close. It's ish. So it's twistery. Um, Ichabod's like, um, we pretty much better do this or Nevin's going to win. And I'm like, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, so we go to the Masonic cell and, um, Ichabod, no Ichabod. Yes. Yes. And Joe is drawing blood from Jenny. It's that convenient EMT. Yep. And it's at one point, doesn't it do a little glowy thing? A little, a little bit. And, uh, he's like, you're going to be fine. And, um, she he, they start talking about like who Jenny's gonna he's like you can tell this story to um you know for years to come and she's like who am I gonna tell it to and he's oh like well God. he's like well okay Ichabod's gonna be a professor somewhere and Abby's gonna be running the FBI but I'll be here and um well you know Ichabod will not be keeping he says uh Ichabod will keep office hours like once a week he would never keep any office no. hours no and so then Joe's like um he's like we need to talk and i'm like no and then he kisses jenny and it's gross and i don't like it no because he's the little brother man and i wanted him to stay that i like that dynamic dynamic it was different and uh because we already have the romantic whether you want it to be or not there are already romantic hints between ichabod and abby yes i wanted joe and jenny to be a uh be friends and just be friends and have them as the little brother because men and women can be friends. Yes. And I wanted them to show that representation on the show just as much as the interracial couple thing on the show. Yeah. And, you know, you got to cover everything. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, so, we move on to um, Ichabod and Abby and Joe. And they are um, setting... <laughs> okay, how smart was it to leave Jenny all alone? Not very. Not too smart. No, okay. not very. And so, um, they were counting on the power of the cell or whatever. They were like, it can hold death. And, um, so but not Jenny. Yeah. 
And so they're setting up this uh, this climbing gear, and it's great because Ichabod has no fucking idea how to do this. Oh, yeah, that's like I've never climbed a mountain before. Well, you're right. I've, I've never, never climbed, climbed a mountain. And um, so they each have a sample of Jenny's blood. And so they um, Joe uh, cracks one on the ground, and they're going to use it to attract the berserkers. I missed them, him cracking on the ground. I thought they were just leaving the smell inside the little container. Oh, okay. Okay. And so, of course, this works, and it attracts them to the clearing. And um, although our heroes are nowhere to be found. And so they, they see the container, and they smell it, and all this other stuff. So this is where the climbing gear comes. This is comes. the bloodhound bit. Yeah, this is where the climbing gear comes in handy. Um, Joe and Abby and Ichabod rappel down from wherever the fuck they were in trees or something. Mm-hmm. And they are able to sneak over and pour Jenny's blood on the on the back Ugh. of each on the back of each berserker, and then they're like, they just back the fuck away. So gross. And so, of course, they attack each other until one of the berserkers is left, but he's kind of like on the ground. And this is when weapons work, because Ichabod kills it with his sword. I yeah, I think they were mostly dead already. Yeah. Apparently, injuring each other was okay. They didn't heal from they that. Didn't feed off the energy of that, but I they didn't guess. feed this one. Didn't I, feed off the energy of Ichabod's sword. We had to wrap the show up. Them. Yeah, we had to wrap it up. They had to die. I mostly think Ichabod just wanted to look cool with a sword in front of Abby. Yeah, I think that sword bit. They just needed Ichabod to be. Yeah. And so uh, Sassy. they head back, and Ichabod and Abby are like, "And bro, that's awesome. Boy, they are taking their sweet time. Yeah. And Ichabod's like, my life isn't what I expected. And, you know, he, he starts saying that, like, he thinks the 21st century itself is what's against Out to him, get him. And it's unbeatable. And Abby's like, um, when you say the 21st century, you do mean that that's, that's me and Jenny and Joe as well. We're the 21st century. And we're going to beat its ass for you, basically, mm-hmm. is what it boils down to. Yep, yep. And a lot of people online are taking this as a confession of love to Abby. I take anything. I, I will neither confirm nor it. deny. Sure. Um, but it is what it is. So, yeah. um, so this is when uh, our resident puppy, Joe Corbin, walks ahead and um, Nevins and Sophie capture him. And... Um, Nevin's like, Nevin's all he cares about is Jenny because he saw what happened. He saw the shard absorbed, so he knows where it is. And um, he's like, again, he's like, the person that commissioned me to do this job wants, wants that energy. And he says now. that he is far more powerful than Pandora. So who the hell, and how does he, I explain. Yeah. Explain. Yeah. And so um, Nevin's, of course, threatens to shoot Joe if Joe doesn't tell him. And Joe's like, I'm not telling you shit. And this is when Sophie, like, sees no other option. And she's, FBI! And she... Um, I wonder if they actually do that. I don't know. And so she, of course, points the gun at Nevins instead of Joe. And um, Sophie ends up shooting Nevins in the shoulder. And um, and she basically starts yelling at Abby. She's like, the fuck? You ruined my cover. And Reynolds is not going to be happy about this. Because he knows all about it. Yes. and But we find that Abby is not in the inner circle. Yeah, Because she didn't know about Sophie. Uh, Sophie. So that's going to cause a rift yeah. between uh, Reynolds and Abby. Which I'm fine with. And Ichabod sees that real quick. Oh, yeah. And so Sophie, um, she tells him that Nevin sent people after Jenny. And she's like, the worst need, of the worst or you something. You need yeah. to go get your sister, basically. Yeah. And so, of course, they go to the cell and Jenny's gone. Okay, now wait. I need to point out that Joe ran off with Nevin's gun. 
Oh, okay. Because uh, when she shoots him, Joe bends down and grabs the gun, which apparently Jenny's taught him to do. And he picks it up. And so he's holding, because I watched him do it. Mm-hmm. And then she's, uh, Sophie's carrying Nevin's, or not carrying, you know. Escorting him. Escorting him off. And Joe, Abby, and Ichabod run the other direction. Joe still has Nevin's gun. Okay. FBI evidence is running away with Joe. Awesome. That's, uh, just, that's great. That's that's high quality police work. I'm telling you. And so um, they go back to the cell and Jenny's gone. The lock is broken. From the inside. And there's all these carvings on the wall. And um, it kind of goes with what we've seen Jenny have visions and apparently she described them too. It's the inhuman aliens. Yeah. And uh, so we see Jenny uh, go to Pandora's cave, ruins, whatever. And um, she uh, she puts her arms into the uh, convenient pool. Yeah, she's in some kind of trance. And the water gets all red like we've seen her glow. And Transfer of the energy? Yeah. Okay. The Narnia door opens and Pandora and this hooded guy come out. No, no. That would be the ghost of Christmas future. Oh, is that who that is? That's who that is. Okay. Christmas episode. Sorry for the spoiler. And Pandora um, tells Jenny to kneel. And... (laughs) (laughs) Kneel. Kneel. Which is Loki. Um, What now? Who? And so... (laughs) Sorry. um, And so Jenny kneels. Um, in front of the hooded the hooded guy and she takes his hand and he's like wrapped he's got wrappings which mm-hmm. keep that in mind and um this guy the hidden one says that he has arrived behold my glory so i think this guy is osiris oh osiris we're Resur- not going with the amun ra resurrected god mm-hmm. osiris was resurrected mm-hmm. by isis mm-hmm um i saw the wrappings and i thought egyptian mm-hmm. we've already had an egyptian um uh, Akkadian connection on yeah. the tablet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we already talked about. We know they're not going to go the. And even if they do go the resurrected god route, they could go Baldur. But I think there have been Egyptian clues. Yeah. So I am calling it as Osiris. I'm probably completely wrong. Okay. I'm still kind of my... going with the Amon Ra. Okay. I'm still. I'm going to. Okay. One of us is going to be wrong. Okay, because I both th- of us. Because I think Pandora is fulfilling the Isis role, which mm-hmm. Isis was his wife, and put I him can back see together. That. I can see that, but there's also Amonet. Yeah, uh, but Amon Ra is also called the Hidden One. There you go. So, but they could be smushing a bunch of crap together. So I don't know. So I'm saying Osiris. You're saying Amon Ra. True. Um, we know it's the Hidden One, and I think um, Pandora got her a husband slash boyfriend. Okay, so you're going with the lover. Yeah, because of the dowry aspect. thing. I think it's more of a uh, worship. Okay. Um, not quite r- romantic I, type I'm, relationship. And I'm, think, I'm seeing the red. It could dress be both though. And thinking wedding wedding dress. dress. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. But I'm thinking more of she's bringing her boss, like um, Andy. And all them brought Moloch. Yeah, through. that could very well be. So I'm thinking more of a. Hopefully, we'll get an explanation. And work we'll... relationship. I don't know, but it could be both. Professional. <laughs> I just, I just want. I just don't. I don't want a romantic. I'm sick of this romance Everything crap being, being shoved in our face. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, we do have some post feedback. We do is we do indeed from Tony. From Tony. Hi, Tony. Uh, nice to hear from you again. Um, so Tony goes on to say, so the Art of War was a great episode as well as last week's. Mm-hmm. So we did not hear from Tony last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, like I stated before, Daniel was not to be trusted. True uh, uh, yeah, that. I, I think we're all 
He's We're shady. all in that. Yeah. Uh, Daniel being stung by that wasp in last week's episode proved that he's all about himself and how far he's willing to go to protect his own interests. Yes, we are all in agreement with that. Uh, that was truth serum, plain and simple. Mm, I can't argue. Could ag- be seen as that. I, I can't argue against it. Yeah. So um, it seemed to amplify the paranoia that might have already been in a person. Yes. But not necessarily. Well, yeah, prevalent. because it was uh, the paranoia, the fear of fear. Yeah. Was the whole point of the uh, the, the thing. Yeah. The monster. Um, looks like Abby and Crane are now have something else in common that is being kept out of this inner circle. Mm. So is that an extension of the George Washington spy ring? That's that's a very interesting idea that I did not consider until that's, we that's, read this email. Yeah, that's a comparison I just did not. And as heavy as we are with Betsy Ross and this, as you know, she is a part of the spy ring and a witness being kept out of the inner circle. Yes, and a witness being kept out of the inner circle. Yes. So that kind of begs it's the question. It's an interesting parallel. That begs the question: Does Reynolds know what's going on, and does he know Abby's a witness? If uh, it's a good question. Yeah. Um. So here we go. Uh, she, uh, they go on to say, or are these the Masons we saw running around in the tunnels back in season one who were also donning suits and carrying guns? So uh, I think what they're trying to say is the, the Daniel Reynolds thing, is that Washington spiring or could that be a part of the Masons? Yeah. Which I think the Masons are, are like more modernized, the spiring. Kind yeah. Kind of an a, a evolution. Yeah. So yeah, that's a very interesting parallel I didn't, didn't make. So um yeah, uh, I thought that was really interesting to think about. Yeah. So they go on to say, if so, Daniel may not know who he's working for. Mm-hmm. He may not know. He may not be. He may not be in the inner circle. But he know. But he's working for them. Yeah. Which that's interesting. Um, says I feel bad for Abby here. She's getting screwed over yet again. Yeah. I only hope that whatever the show has planned in regards to her. Character is done right. Uh, were we to assume Crane was expressing his love for her? Mm. I think they're hinting at it. Yeah. I think they're seeing how it's going to float. Um, yeah. I and others can only hope that this emotional ride we've been made to sit through leads to something positive. A uh, positive would be good. I'm a firm believer in a lot of shows floating subtext before they float text. I think a lot of shows are starting to learn subtext works that yeah. people see it. Yeah. So. Not everybody, but people see it. Yes. And it kind of lays the groundwork for when it becomes ta-ta. Yes. So that's that. Oh, uh, see, we had some stuff on uh, Twitter, didn't we? Yes, we had. Um, and Miss Charlotte, I apologize. Oh, we're we, so sorry. You had some really cool casting um, suggestions for Abby's dad, um, like Dennis Haysbert and Delroy Lindo, and we. We forgot to cover that last week. We did. We apologize. We meant to, and we talked about it. We just, sorry. Because I was behind you, man. Like, Dennis Haysbert would be perfect. Delroy Lindo would be great. Um, So, so we do apologize, Miss Charlotte. Yeah, we and, talked about it off air. We and just I think forgot we to we include. Talked about it oh, here's on air. here it is: uh, Dennis Haysburg, mm-hmm. Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Billy D. Williams, Robert Wisdom, Joe Morton, and Charles D. Charles S. Dutton. Jo- Joe Morton would be really cool too. Like I think that's a great list. Yeah. Um. So here's where we have to say. Uh, well, okay. Before we get to this bit of spoilery. Uh, some people might consider it spoiler. Some yeah. people might not. Um, next week, the episode that airs on the 19th is the fall finale. 
Yes, and after that, they will be coming back in February. February 5th on Friday. Um, On Fridays. With their moving to Friday. And I know so a lot of people are freaking out about that. Some people are. I I don't know because some I've read somewhere else that they have Sci-Fi Friday on Fox. But Friday is where they put shows to die. So, But Bones has been on Friday before. Bones has been Bones on Friday has night. Been on almost every night but this over is, the, its run. But this is Bones' last season. Yeah. It it's all but confirmed. This it is their last season. It should have been like five seasons ago so um so i'm and the ratings have been dipping they did shoot up after the bones crossover they did sorry but it's true they did and even even for this red lady of caribbee it stayed up a little bit stayed up a little bit so so. um do with that what you will we i want to wait and see speculate because like she agents of shield is a really good example Mm -hmm. they have not um their ratings are crap their ratings are really crappy and ABC's kept them around. They're on their third season now, just like just like Sleepy Hollow is. And I know some of that. We we've speculated on the Shield cast that you know some of that is because it's part of the Marvel jug- juggernaut and it's a tie-in. But yeah, so I would not discount Sleepy Hollow just yet because they're we're at least going to get the rest of the season. Yeah, um, they're not going to waste all that money. I don't think they are yet. Not so, yet. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Uh. For anybody who's going to sign off now, because we're going to discuss a little bit of casting news, um, thanks for listening. And email us if you have any theories or you want to talk about some stuff. Random Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, or Twitter at Random Casts, And or, we're on the Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. Yes. And all of our pertinents are on our website at randomtpodcast.com. Write to us. We want to hear from you. Right on. All right. This is your final warning. Five, four, three, two. Okay. We had two people on the Twitter point us um, to this article both miss charlotte and kim both tweeted at us uh mm-hmm. this article thank you yeah yeah we're in a time constraint so we're kind of rushing through right now because we're at a hotel and we have to check out um <laughs> i just want to say that um but uh papa mills has been cast yep uh it is james mcdaniel that you will also know uh he's been cast as ezra mills ezra ezra, ezra that's a biblical name in it ezra mills it? um i'd have to look it up I think it is. Okay. I don't know. It's not mythology, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but the... Yeah, I'm not going to go there. Um, but he... You will know him from NYPD Blue. He's been in like a hundred and something episodes from NYPD Blue from back in the day. And we so. went through his IMDb. Like, he has been in everything. He's one of those guys that's in things. He and if is you, a very steady working actor. Yeah, if you go and look up his picture, you'll look at him and go, oh, yeah, that guy. Mm-hmm. You, you'll know him. So, um, I'm pretty excited about him. I think they went a little younger than the... You think so? some of the... Not, not all the actors Miss Charlotte um, suggested, but like... He's younger than Billy D. Williams. I think he's younger than like Delroy Lindo. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's interesting. So I hope, but they can play up his age. Yeah, that's true. So I, I hope they do something cool with him. Yeah, I think it's. I think it'll be interesting. But he's been cast, so we're going to see him. Yes. Uh, probably in the back half. I would think of so, the yeah. show. Oh, we think uh, his reveal might be a fall finale reveal. Don't know, because we got the fall finale. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Anything else? I'm tapped out. I think that's it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you for listening.